When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Fresh Arsenal podcast, episode 71. It's not just my voice today, luckily for you folks. I am rejoined by the other PB, Oli Price Bates. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Back. We've uh, we've been a little bit splintered, haven't we? We've had solo me, solo you, and uh, now you're taking the reins today. It's been a, a rough couple of weeks. I'm, I'm sure everyone's had some nasty illnesses this year seems to be some things going around not covid mm. but a lot worse than when i had covid i'll say that it's um yeah maybe good old-fashioned flu mixed in with a bit of post stag do immune system ruined uh left me pretty pretty bad state i must say i'm still not 100 if you could see me if we did video someone told me at the weekend this was when I finally got out of the house and thought I was looking fine. But someone looked at me and said, you look like you've been on a three-week bender and then had a <laughs> boxing match. <laughs> so my is, eyes um... are like scarred um, as if I've had like the worst illness in the world. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but not nice at all. But yeah, heading back in the right way, hopefully. I've heard that there is bad things going around. So um yeah, I'm uh, I feel I feel bad and uh hopefully you uh you're back on your feet very soon because you went um, you left the country at the right time. Yeah, what I mean th- there is flus and stuff here. Um <laughs> really? I have yeah, yeah, yeah. I have had one very minor cold since we've been here, but um nothing nothing too bad to like knock me off my feet for, for longer than a day or something like that. Mm. Um I'd say it's the worst thing good. I've I'd ever had in my 28 years, my worst illness. Yeah. Well, I mean, before, I remember before I, before I, before I, um, uh, went, I told you that, uh, um, I had like a really bad, like, I mean, I went to the doctors and they were like, might be a throat, nose and lung infection. <laughs> I was just like, how's that even possible? Uh, gave me antibiotics. I felt better, but I literally had a fever. I think I remember telling you for like nine days. It was terrible. I've never had a fever for that long in my life. Mm. Um, very bad. Very bad. I, I hear like norovirus is going around, like COVID mm. again, bad flu. So I'm kind of grateful not to be in the the, the London metropolitan uh, right now. But I will be back for the Southampton at home game, uh, which will be fun. So I uh, got myself tickets for that. So if it Very all luckily. fall apart at that point, we know why, guys. Yeah, I'm, I, I have to warn listeners as well. So whilst I've been in Canada, I've been on two weekends away to somewhere called Prince Edward County, which is like a, a nearby place with lots of wineries and stuff, and somewhere called Blue Mountain, which is a ski resort. And um, the Prince Edward County weekend was the villa comeback. And the Blue Mountain one was the 
Bournemouth come back. <laughs> and I am going to be on a plane going on vacation during the Leeds game and actually during the West Ham game. So if either of those are very tense, come back here and they hurt emotionally a lot, you can blame me. I think if we win, it's fine. I was worried you were going to say it was the Man City and the Everton game, wasn't it? No, 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 no. I did, I did, I do remember saying to you that I did have a dream about us going 2 0 down to Bournemouth and it happened. And I also, funnily enough, last night had a dream that we were 0 0 at the Etihad. 0 0 at the Etihad. 88th minute, Mustafi <laughs> rises like a salmon, heads it. Edison makes a great save, and then Martellelli heads it in. Pandemonium, we go crazy. VAR check. VAR says yes. We're all going mad. We're, we won it out of the Etihad, and Mustafi is celebrating like a madman. So make maybe that what you will. the Saliba injury. Good omen, I don't know. It, maybe the Saliba injury is so bad, the Premier League are going to let us have a emergency signing and we're going to bring Mustafi back and that will happen God, imagine <laughs> if he comes back we know that's happening um, oh my god yeah so anyway there we go there's some some voodoo there's some omens bad and good for you all mm. Mm. let's let's talk through a few things I mean I I talked a lot about um going out in the Europa League and these, the Tommy Asu injury in my solo pod. I mean, before we get into our topics, Ollie, any any thoughts on that since we haven't spoken about that for a while? I know you were probably a bit more disheartened at going out in the Europa League than I was. I was almost jubilant at that penalty miss, I, I won't lie. And mm. then the Tommy Asu injury as well. I mean, we've talked a lot about how the kind of flexibility that we have in that back line is is a blessing and a curse. And it's definitely feeling like a bit of a curse at the moment. And also just to add to that, we both don't rate Rob Holding at all. So I think that probably feeds into our emotions a lot as well. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, on the Europa, I, I'm not heartbroken after it happened, but I, I wanted us to win when it was happening. Um, and I wasn't jubilant when it finished. I think I think we need to start thinking like a big club and feeling like it because we've seen how teams go from like us fifth to, to first or second this year and equally it can, can happen the other way. And I think if we, I know we can do more off the pitch stuff in the summer, but if we program ourselves to think these players can't cope with playing more than once, especially at this time of the season, then I think, you know, we're not preparing ourselves properly for next season. Say we win the league and we go into the Champions League, you know, this isn't the days where you could coast the top four and compete in the Champions League like it was when we were last in the Champions League. The league was in a different place. Now you could very easily go far in the Champions League and finish sixth in the Premier League. And, I think we just need to be a little bit careful of that. So I would have liked to see us at least in another competition still. Um, but I'm very happy to focus on the Premier League. I, I'm trying to see the positives in everything that happens, essentially. And, and now that it's happened, we can't change it. I mm. think it's something to think about next season. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got 10 games. I've just put together the piece for BBC. Tomorrow, it, it's a 10-game sprint for Arsenal now. And mm. Man City have a lot of other things going on, I think, because of their FA Cup semi-final. It means that after we've been to the Etihad, we'll have five games left 
they'll have seven. And if they've got past Bayern, a Champions League semi-final on the horizon. Now, if we can maintain or increase our current lead, uh, especially after going to Anfield and Etihad, big ask, I know. But if we can really perform in these next five games, it's going to have a big psychological impact on City. If, if they're looking at a big deficit, they might have two games in hand, but they, they may have to start to make decisions on players, especially if they get through in the semi-final. So it's going to be really interesting with how it's working out with these competitions, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, Champions League football secured, right? We're, we're already on same amount of points as we narrowly missed out on fourth last year. Yeah, um, I think It'll even be, if we lost every quite game, quite some, <laughs> quite yeah. some collapse, wouldn't it? I think, yeah, I think the total we're on now might even be enough for fourth. I think, I think it will be. Yeah, every other, all the teams battling for it, you can see them dropping a lot of points. So they they play each other as well, right? United, mm. Liverpool, uh, United play Spurs and Newcastle, right? And Newcastle play Spurs and Liverpool play Spurs as well. So there's a there's a lot going on there. Liverpool, I think Liverpool go to City. Yeah, Liverpool go to St James's Park as well. I think they've already done I, that. And they, they, have they done? Oh yeah, they won two 0 with the, the crazy uh, mm. Pope Red. Um, I, just on the Europa League quickly, like I, I, I definitely appreciate wanting to be have that big club mentality, and I, I definitely think that's something Arteta's trying to instill. I do think that this squad just isn't quite ready. I mean, like when you're wheeling out Rob Holding in Europa League games. I really don't think that's a squad ready to play. They're kind of ready to play one and a half times a week, right? I, I think we're almost there. We just need those couple of additions that really reinforce the squad. Like, I mean, I tweeted at the end of the January window, it, it's crazy that we've left Arteta with three central midfielders for the rest of this, the season. Like, it's basically party, Jorginho and and Xhaka. And I know people like to say Vieira or Smith-Rowe can play in that kind of eight role and Odegaard is a de facto central midfielder, but we, we don't really have much depth there. And then mm. you see what's happened with uh, Tomiyasu. We're suddenly one injury away from Rob Holding starting. Saliba gets injured. Rob Holding comes on and, and starts the next game. He did fairly well in it, but again, it's it's quite scary to think that we're basically always like an injury or two away um, from being not in a crisis, but but losing a lot of quality, and I think that's something that will change a lot in the summer. I do think that we'll go for a forward, a defender, and probably two central midfielders to boot um, to really strengthen that squad and make sure that um, it's ready for to compete on on multiple fronts. Really, because you know I've kind of made a lot of not excuses, but I've I've kind of been able to logically compartmentalize. Yeah the Europa League failing this season, the League Cup especially, like we we didn't really care about it. You could tell playing Carl Hein in, in goal, etc. And then the FA Cup, like being drawn so early against City is obviously quite unfortunate and they're always going to play a strong team. Mm. Next season, I do think that, you know, being back-to-back top four finishes plus competing on on multiple fronts has, has got to be the aim, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um, I think, so, yeah. like, listen, no Arsenal fan will care if we go on and win the league, but about this but if we want to be considered as this not being just uh, an almost freak season which I think we know as Arsenal fans we've got a very young team all the ingredients are there to to sustain this a little bit but 
to be considered a truly memorable Premier League era team, you we will need to get deeper into several competitions, show we can manage that. You know, maybe not even win the Cups, but you can't be out of everything in March. And I think this season, it might play into our hands perfectly and give us that springboard and we could get a title out of it, which would be unbelievable. But if we want to actually build a a memorable era of this team, that's going to have to be, as you say, a focus for, for upcoming seasons because... Yeah, I mean, look, City and Liverpool have done that in the last few years across uh, multiple competitions, maybe not won them, but they're always there or thereabouts. You know, Liverpool were had serious quadruple chat last year. City, not done the Champions League thing, but they're always get quite close. Um, and yeah, I, I think next year it would be good to be have the confidence and have the squad to, to feel comfortable in that situation I don't oh, like I just I just don't like Pet that I listen to other podcasts I see tweets and and you've said there that you were happy we've gone out saying I just don't feel right to me I know, and, and I, I know. get it I do get it for this <laughs> season and because and we've somehow got into this situation which no one thought was possible but that's gotta that's gotta be I, a this season thing I liken it to when we came eighth and missed out on conference league football instead of spurs and mm. then the next season we were able to almost come forth i i think it's there are parallels there for me where i just knew i really didn't want to be part of that competition and a lot of people were like well you know finishing seventh is better than eighth and listen but they were sure. and still finished above us ultimately. sure but they 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 uh cheated and got themselves knocked out right if we remember mm. um they they refused to travel to to rounds and um, got knocked out or whatever, or Rans travelled and they said that they'd shut down the training ground. We can't play, and that was like against UA for regular, whatever. You know that there's a there's a whole yarn there, but we know that Arteta wouldn't have taken it that lightly. Like mm. he would have, got, we would have gotten through the group stage. Like we would have blooded any youngsters, and it would have been great and stuff. But um, I I really do think that for me the parallels are quite similar. Where I really wanted a rebuild to be to make sure that we had a lean squad the next year, which we did. We got rid of a lot of players and to really go for kind of a top six finish and a strong one and, and make, um, good, uh, good, um, progress in the league. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy about the, I know you, you mentioned you weren't, but like I, in this isolated instant, I was quite happy because I just, I just looked at the remaining teams and, you know, I said this in the solo pod, like if you look at every team in there, this is their biggest, this, this they're going to be playing for this. Like it's the end of their lives, right? United yeah. have got this in the FA cup. They're probably <clears> going to come in the top four, even if they drop off quite a bit, like teams like Roma, like you don't want to play Mourinho, like yeah. an emotional Mourinho game home and away. They've, they're playing for like top four, but this is going to be their priority. Juventus are like eight points off top four. This is going to be their priority. Um, Freiburg, again, this is their priority. I think uh, this season not, it works. Out, Juventus. Leverkusen as well, a mid-table team. They're going to go all out for it. Lots of yeah. teams basically that are playing for nothing and this is their priority. Yeah, and ultimately the way we've played in the Europa League all season, even Bodo Glint away, we had a fairly strong team out and played pretty crap. And then we've gone gone the Premier League a few days later and looked great. And that's quite 
frequently been the case, even if we've had four or five of the main 11 in the team. So the way we've played in this competition this year, I had no confidence that we would go and win the next round. So no matter who we were drawn against, and, and I think Sporting got Juve, haven't they? So I think, as you say, it means more to other teams. I think there would have been a real risk of going all the way and losing it, and then it's got no value at all. So I think there's lots of positives to look at after the event. But as I say, when it was happening, I still wanted the penalties to go in. I still wanted things to happen when watching yeah. the game. But I, yeah, more than happy to reflect on it as as a positive thing for this season. Mm. Um, let's talk quickly about all these games and, and wanting to play all these games. Bakayo Saka is on track to play more minutes than any of Mo Salah's Liverpool seasons ever. And that was kind of at the the height of his powers in his mid to late 20s and and not his early 20s. And, you know, there was a, a tweet from Sam Tai, a, a good friend of mine, that I think you quoted, um, and he said, Bellingham, Saka and Pedri firmly on the Rooney burnout track. Their peaks will come earlier than people realise and their drops will be earlier, plus much more sudden than people anticipate. And if you look at, um, there's a there's a graph and it says minutes and games played started before their 20th birthday. And Saka's fifth, basically, almost all time, having played 10,500 minutes, starting 111 games before his 20th birthday. And this season... He is, you know, on track to break Saka's, uh, uh, no, not Saka's, Salah's all-time minutes in a season for for Liverpool, which is pretty crazy if you consider, as you said, that they've played on all uh, in all four um, competitions before, but because Saka's played every minute of every game almost this season, plus played in the World Cup every minute, um, he's quite close to that. So, I mean, Oli, are you concerned about Saka burning out? And and is this why we desperately need another player in that front line that can deputise for him? Yeah, I, I think there's a few ways to look at it. I think, yeah, so I saw the tweet, I quoted it to say that um, I think Saka manages games quite well compared to Rooney, perhaps did, 100 miles an hour, all battling um, in the middle of the pitch. Saka yesterday, magnificent against Ukraine. Barely saw him sprint. He didn't need to. Um, he, he positions himself fantastically. Good change of pace. Uses his body really well. Fantastic first touch. The physical demands in a lot of the games, and I think we saw this in Europa League, Saka as well, Um sees that he's he's very intelligent and he's managing his body and his time. So I think that's a positive. The other thing when I look at that list, Pat, is Deli Ali aside, if he has careers like any of those players, I think we're going to be delighted because yeah. I think I think it should be seen as a positive that he's on the list because for people who haven't seen it, we've got Bellingham, Neymar, Pedri, Mbappe, Rooney, Sterling, Robin, Hazard, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Rashford, Benzema, Haaland, Messi, Xavi, Kane, Salah, Lampard, Gerrard, Zlatan, Mane. Basically all Iniesta. world-class players. All, all elite players. That, world-class players, yeah. Apart from Deli Ali, none of them dropped off too early. I know Rooney, Rooney did uh, retire and, and go down to Derby and stuff a few years earlier than you'd hope, but he still had an incredible career. And a lot of those players... I mean, Zlatan's on there and he's still playing for Sweden and he's like 42 or something. So I don't think it's a necessarily cut and dry, this is terrible news for him. 
I mean, obviously we need another player in the Champions League that we need to be comfortable to bring in. I think another thing, Pat, is he's there because he's so he's proven to be durable and not have injuries. I mean, ultimately, a lot of players would probably... And that might be a mark of him being a star and on this list. That could be a positive way of looking at it. All those players, your Ronaldo's, your Messi's, your Lewandowski's, obviously proved at a young age that they were durable players that could play a lot of minutes and they've gone on Lewandowski now well into his 30s still doing really well for Barcelona so I don't think this has to be a negative obviously we need we need another option there because he he will get injured at some point we want to be able to take him out of games but I think let's look at this as a positive really I mean I I just I love the guy. I've been big on him, like most Arsenal fans, since we saw him emerge and come in at left back. Um, but he's he's very much being recognised now as a as a world star. And I mean, him being on that list puts him amongst those other players and shows the the level he's at um, and the the dependence for club and country at such a young age. I think it's a it should be viewed as a, a positive thing more than worrying about every minute because we've got to enjoy we've got to enjoy the great things pat yeah i mean i i'm kind of in two minds by this like it's very difficult to ignore that trend right but i do think that if i look at saka i've never thought of him as someone that relies on pure pace right he's so intelligent amazing technically he's added like ball striking to his bow takes set pieces, is so skillful and, and powerful in the way he gets past players. I, I don't ever think of him as like a Michael Owen type, right? Um, and yeah, like, you know, sports science is is such a different level at this point. Exactly. Um, I do think that even if you think about, you know, Raheem Sterling, for example, started playing professional football when he was 17. And I know Saka's done the same and, and actually played more minutes before the 20th birthday um but i do i i just think he's he's also very smart with his uh you know in game management as you mentioned but also off the pitch he talked recently about like eating well sleeping well all these kind of things i think he's a player you can trust to really something rooney probably didn't do yeah let's be honest i mean how many pictures did we see in the office imagine if social media was around basically when when Rooney was in his pomp yeah um, off the pitch it, is massive and, and Saka's not going to yeah. be like Rooney off the pitch I, I guess my only worry is looking at that list you see the, probably the three that dropped off the most there were three English players Rooney Ali Sterling you could say Sterling definitely peaked at a younger age um, but I think yeah Let's try not to worry. My my two biggest hates at the moment, Pat, are what we've just talked about. One, uh, people wanting us out of competitions. <laughs> and two, um, yeah, both things that you rap. But, and two, <laughs> us, like, I load Twitter up and everyone's saying, oh, no, he's he's playing, like, minute management of players. It's like, I completely get both of them. But life's too short for us to be worrying about 
things we a can't control. You know, there's people with so much more data on these players that are making these decisions and that see them every day. But people on Twitter are are losing their minds when they're playing minutes. Um, I just think we need to try and relax on both those things. We can't control it. it. There's a lot of positive angles you can take, like I've just tried to do with the Saka thing. Um, I completely get it. I'm sure the club will want to get someone else in that position. We know they tried to last year. Um, but let's just be thankful he's shown to be really durable, manages his body really well. And as you say, brilliant off the pitch, a uh, very intelligent lad. And let's just hope that he only needs to stay fit now for the England games are done. It's 10 games to the end of the season. So the way I phrased it to a friend, I was like, um, would you rather Saka have come on for 15 minutes at the end of the game? Or would you rather him have played 90, scored and assisted, played his best England game and got man of the match? Mm. I think it's pretty obvious, right? Like you want him to be feeling... The one thing that kind of allays tiredness and pressure is feeling like you're invincible. And I do truly think that he does feel that right now. I think if you look yeah. at actually when he started contributing properly this season, he actually didn't score until we played United at Old Trafford, which was, mm. was it the seventh or eighth game of the season in the league? Mm. Um, so to have scored another 11 in the 20 games that precede that alongside the assists is, four is just really last, impressive. Four in his last six England games, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the so Italy it's, game... It's when England got a red card and we were getting put under loads of pressure and he was having to sprint and track back at right back. Yeah, I was slightly concerned there and I liked it when James came on, I think for the last five minutes or so. But a game like yesterday against Ukraine, England and particularly Saka, second gear, didn't have to do much tracking back at all, just held his position. And, you know, look at the assist. He's basically stood still when he carves that out. Um, and just uses his body really well for the goal, shoots from distance. You know, I, I genuinely didn't see him sprint that much and he had a fantastic game. So I think mm. that, yeah, yesterday's game can be viewed as a, as a real positive. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For sure. Um, let's move on to another one of our young stars who hasn't had as much of a say this season, who is uh, Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, I mean, we've been talking about him a lot on this show. Um, he went to the under-21s this international break, which I, I don't think um, anyone really realised or noticed until they saw him on the team sheet and he scored. He had a he had a post-match interview as well. Uh, I think that a lot of papers picked up this morning and, and put it out and he was talking about being desperate to play and wanting, being, wanting to be on the pitch and being part of this this great season with Arsenal. Uh, talks about how he was kind of scared of not being the same after the surgery, but he's playing without pain now, and he, he was kind of glad to come away with the international team to get some minutes. So um, 
Ollie, you've been talking a lot about uh, Smith Rowe on Twitter. I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on him um, at the mm. moment and, and whether or not you are pleased to see him score. Yeah, look, player I love, but I know we, we chatted on here, as you say, before, I think, as we were coming back from the World Cup and you asked me if I was excited about him being back in training. And I think I said the fact that he's not played, because we had a couple of friendlies, didn't we? And he didn't play in those. And I think I said at that point, you know, the sliding doors moments, this was really his window. Jesus got injured, that frees up an attacking space in the squad and in the starting eleven. And the fact he couldn't get fit at that point, I worried about it. And and I, I think I said I refused to get excited about him coming back because until I see him on the pitch fit and firing, um, I kind of refuse to believe it with him because there's been persistent injury concerns. He's back fit now and we worry about the international break for lots of people. But I think for him, this was a real positive. They do have, I mean, we're recording on Monday. They've got another game tomorrow night against Croatia under 21. So uh, let, let's see what happens there. And hopefully he gets another start. This is, see, this is a scenario where all Arsenal fans will want him to start that game and, uh, and get those minutes. So he started obviously against France, scored the open goal, real uh, prime sort of Smith Rowe movement in the box. You could see him reading the situation making the run and scoring a really nice headed goal. Um, and that's, look, we might need him for one or two moments in these last 10 games. And then I think he needs a full preseason, prove his fitness and find a position. But I don't think he needs to do that in these next 10 games. I think he needs to be available in multiple positions and able to help us in moments to get over the line. But it's going to be a really interesting summer for him. And whether there's potentially offers that come in from other clubs that would test Arsenal's resolve on this player. Um, that could be interesting. And I think, as I say, he needs to find a probably a place for himself. Uh, if you think him and Saka were a bit comparable at times uh, last season, and if we look where Saka's gone in comparison to Smith-Rowe, and that's what we're just reflecting on, that the those top players are really durable and have, and they all played lots of minutes before they were 20. I think that's another way to look at it, isn't it? That pretty much on that list was every top player that's been around for the last five years. I don't think there's many that not on there. So it's maybe not a great sign from Smith Rowe's perspective that he's got so few minutes together before the age of 20. But yeah, he's he's definitely a player that you want in the squad compared to you look at some of the benches we've had at times, specifically last season when we were chasing the top four. We had a lot of youth players on there that the manager was never going to use. So I think having Smithrow back and I think this international break has been really good for him, touching wood at the fact plays tomorrow. I want to see him start that game, maybe play another 60 minutes and and have a real positive game. Um and yeah, look, I want him to do well, but I, I still have those concerns until we can be consistently proven that he he can hold the fitness together because the quality is there. Yeah, I, I do wonder if there's more to this than meets the eye in the sense that there was obviously a debate internally 
at Arsenal, I presume, as to whether or not he should have the surgery. Because like, if you're Mikel Arteta, you're probably sitting there and saying, well, you didn't have the surgery and you scored 11 Premier League goals last season. And so are you telling me that with this surgery, when you come back, you'll be even better? So he's kind of saying, well, if you're going to, if we're, we're going to sacrifice you for half of the season, maybe more, then when you come back, you need to be a better player, basically, and one that doesn't get injured as often. And perhaps that's probably been the the frustration that Arteta's maybe tried to reconcile himself, where he's just like, well, maybe if he was brave and played through pain this season, and then we did it in the summer, we'd be in a better position. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, it kind of seems to me that there was some sort of like, not conflict, but like a maybe a debate between Edu, Smithrow's agents, the medical team, and not reaching like the the same conclusion. And I kind of, I'd guess that Arteta was on the, you know, because he was a player so recently and he knows you can, you can play through injuries and you can play through pain. Um, you know, I think Gabriel Jesus, didn't he, in that documentary said, like, ever since I was 11 or 12, I've been playing through pain. So this is nothing new to me. Mm. Um, but my knee swelled up so much that I couldn't carry on, whatever. And maybe Arteta's looking for that same kind of bite and 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 stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm still fairly confident in his talent. I think that there are some rumors going around that maybe off the pitch, he's not the the best or most uh, disciplined. He's also been rumored to be not the sharpest tool in the in the shed, so to speak, uh, Oli, compared to Saka, who's like a, you know, 11A star GCSE student, um, mm. looks after himself, etc. So, yeah, I think there's more to this story than than we know. I'm I'm probably more on the confidence side, but I think as soon as I didn't see him start those... Um, or play a part in those friendly games, I did start to think, well, maybe this season's not for him. So mm-hmm. um, I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I, what I will say is that, you know, Kieran Tierney was one of our most important players last season, got injured, let Arteta down for two seasons in a row, and he was replaced. I think Smith Rowe and maybe even Tommy Asu now are both falling into that camp where he just looks at it and says, look, if I can't trust you, I'm going to get someone who I can trust because mm. Tommy Asu now is now gotten injured in the running two times in a row. And I was speaking to some friends who were like, that injury could have happened to anyone, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't happen to anyone. Mm. You know, it happened to, t- uh, to Tommy Asu. Anyone could have slipped in the shower like Tierney, right? But maybe not everyone gets injured. Um, you know, anyone could tweak their back, but because it's Thomas Party, we talk about it more because it happens he gets injured really frequently. So yeah, I um I'm I'm really curious to see what we do in those two positions specifically, the the Tommy Asu one and the Smith Rowe one, whatever it's the the eight or the left wing or whatever. Because I, I do feel that Arteta has this ruthless streak in him and he, he will take players out the firing line if he feels that they just can't be responsible or reliable enough, right? Yeah. I completely agree. Um, on the positive angle, I'll say that it, things can change quickly the other way as well. We've seen, as much as he's talked highly of Inketia, we've seen him be barely used at all to being used a lot. Um, Martinelli was struggling to break into the side when Aubameyang was around. 
and a lot of calls for him. He wasn't getting enough minutes. Managers didn't like him, etc. Now look, complete vital cog to this team. Um, so ultimately, if he gets a run together, stays fit, delivers on the pitch, he can really turn this around. But as you say, there's only so much patience and this has been happening for a few years now. And if Arsenal were going to, well, we're going to be back in the Champions League and that brings, that needs to bring the floor of this squad up. And, and with that, as you say, the reliability of certain players. So there won't be as much room for, for us to be so um, patient with some people, but you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all, given if you think how much has changed for certain players in positive and negative ways, if you look at this whole squad this time a year ago, there's a lot of very different situations here. And Smith Rowe's unfortunately gone the wrong way with that. We we didn't probably think we'd be talking like this about him a year ago, but equally, can he flip that around um, so that ne- this time next year we're, we're talking about him being incredible, one of the best best finishers, late arrivals in the box, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, a bit Ramsey esque in in some of that, mm-hmm. and and equally with Ramsey, we had some similar things with fitness, didn't we? That we yeah. could never really rely on that. Um, do, do you agree with me on the Tommy Assey thing? Just to just to stay on the the injured players list, like, do you think that? potentially this is going to call into question his his spot in the squad. Because I, think I it's personally interesting. don't think you can have your backup, right back, centre back and left back be a player that is just clearly not robust enough to stay fit for 30 games a season. I think it'll be really interesting because even heading into the season, I'm not sure Arteta thought White would stay as our right back all season. Um, I know... So Saliba emerged and in pre-season Tommy Asu was injured. So that's what we did. Um, but, you know, White had played right centre-back for us the whole time before that. And then Tommy Asu was one of our better players last year when he was fit. He was really, really good. Um, hasn't managed to stay fit. In January, we had strong, strong links to Fresneda, who resembles... I've not seen much of him live, but having watched clips and looked at the data, resembles the Ben White style of mm. right back a bit. So if that happens, there's talk that that could still happen in summer, or clearly we're looking for someone of that profile. Then people I've seen say, well, maybe Tommy Asu, you know, with the Tierney stuff, Tommy Asu could be the inverted left back backup. He's played centre back for his country. We could move on holding and using there. It's going to be really interesting because if we do get rid of him and Tierney, which is a lot of talk of, then we're going to need three defenders, really. I, Ch- I don't I don't think we'd get rid of Tommy Asu, but I think he there definitely could be a situation where what happened with Tierney happens to him, where yeah. we buy another like yeah. good right centre back or or right back. Because I, I do think we might end up with two defenders, depending on whether or not Tierney and Holding go. Yeah. Um. So that there is going to be a be lot interesting. there. There's also Real Walters that that obviously is highly rated at the club. Like mm. Arteta doesn't mess around with youngsters, and he was brought to us 
Zach, Zach Orr as well, was it? Was yeah, it? highly it? rated as well at the academy. Like some people have said, he's the best centre back Arsenal have produced. Right, centre back in twenty years or whatever. I think I saw one of the Twitter accounts. That it's crazy, isn't it, Pet? That. that we could win the league, and there's there's a lot that's going to happen in the summer. I mean, I mean, this is partly because we've got a lot of good players out on loan, and there's going to need to be a lot of sales or put them back in and sell other people but there's still there's still a lot to do and I, I think I had some yeah. say Arteta said he's phase three or phase five and people are saying how the hell can that be when you're doing so well but the bigger picture you know we're not competing on multiple fronts there is still work to do with this squad it's incredibly better balanced better quality than where we've been we've clearly improved in lots of areas but there is still plenty to do and I mean we'll talk about that in your in your Mays and, and Junes and stuff when it starts to come around. But we can focus on the football again from Saturday at three o'clock where Arsenal again are not on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be I'll be in the air for the second half. So um hopefully it's three now at half time. They um they had a couple of injuries, haven't they, over the international break. We seem to be fluctuating between a really comfortable game and then a <laughs> late comeback tight game. So I think because we won comfortably against Palace, maybe we're due another tense oh, game. I mean, let's be honest, I know a lot's changed at Leeds since then, but we were very fortunate to win away from home. I think it's one of the yeah. few games we were the worst team on the pitch this season. So they clearly, I know it's very different there at, and at the Emirates, but they have the potential to cause problems. They're, they're fighting for what, their lives. What? What I will say is um, this is the Leeds fixture schedule when they come back from international break. Arsenal away, that's on the Saturday. Then on the Tuesday, they play Forest at home and then they play Palace at home on the Sunday. Mm. I've seen a games. bunch. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of Palace uh, Leeds fans basically saying like, if we can just go to Arsenal, not get trounced and leave there with no injuries I'll be very happy if they got anyone I, on the fence they're not going to risk him in the Arsenal yeah like there's no chance I'd say there's no chance like Gnonto who's their best player starts like is it Woba who is also injured um, in, in international duty like I don't think some of these players are going to get risked especially after like they finished on a high beating Wolves again another relegation uh, and a rival I, I, this is a very kind fixture for Arsenal um, and I don't think Leeds are going to risk anyone considering, you know, Forest Tuesday, 7.45. That is just a massive game for them, isn't it? And then Palace at home is another really big one on the Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, I, that I, may you, help. Let's just keep our focus. That should help though. us. I mean, we're it is a, the definition of a trap game. We, we, we're all looking at, obviously, City have Liverpool and then... Our next game is Liverpool. So there's a lot of focus on those two Liverpool games in what that will do to the title. But you take your eye off the ball at all in this league. And as we saw against Bournemouth, you know, you concede after 10 seconds. And unless the stars align like they did in that game, you can drop points. So let's hope it's three more points. Let's hope Liverpool find all their form and then lose it very quickly again, which they have history of doing because they beat United 7-0, then lost to Bournemouth. So if they can kind of do that kind of thing in their next two games, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I um, I was looking, they are the 13th best team away from home. I'm holding 
no i know people are like yeah. city they'll get up for it they'll do whatever they can to and city play them at home we play them away so it's not yeah. ideal but and they are i think top four best records at home so mm. yeah make of that what you will let's see game at a time leads on saturday and uh yeah we'll talk again hopefully you're going to be in the air but will you be are you around next week pat yeah i should uh no i can't um no. we'll be back to just me no we'll try and get someone we will have a podcast out providing cool. i've not regressed in any way but good to catch up on arsenal i think we have to call it there we do we do we'll have more for you soon ish and um yeah hopefully you enjoyed this and we'll have uh lots more content and hopefully a great running fingers crossed everyone <laughs> thank you very much talk soon bye-bye sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.